very good morning to you. Welcome in to today's program. Now, we've got a very fast program for you today, so we do. Even for me, Andrew Reddington looks at an issue indeed and a new scam that's out there. Today also we'll be going to that whole RTE situation. Tune Rahala, as you know, resigned overnight as chairperson of the RTE board. And today's program also we'll be looking at a lovely initiative that's been launched uh, in Athenry later on uh, today. So we'll give you details on that. We'll be looking at air quality and the monitoring. We're monitoring that indeed. And uh, it's an interesting piece as well today. David Collin gives us the Connect Tribune headlines. We have Barry Cowan joining us in the studio with his bid for Europe. And much more between now and 12 midday. Just don't go anywhere else. A very good morning to you. Also on Galway Thoughts uh, today, just after the 11 o'clock news, where we have our roundtable discussion, we are joined indeed by Councillor uh, Martina O'Connor and Councillor Declan MacDonald, uh, John Morley and myself. We'll be looking at RTE, Russia, Gaza and others. And we'll also have... Uh, a, a, a sports preview to today on the uh, programme. It's going to be fast, it's going to be furious and it's going to be good fun uh, between now and 12 midday. Uh, let me go to Councillor Andrew Reddington who joins me on the line today. Councillor Reddington, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Thanks for joining us uh, today. A new scam and you want to tell people to be very, very aware of this uh, where you, you get a telephone call indeed from the bank's fraud department. Absolutely, Keith, yeah, and I suppose, first of all, in relation to scams like this, you, it may be said that, you know, we need to spread this word to the elderly, but this needs to be spread to everybody because the two people that called me, one of them is slightly older than me and one of the, the other person is a good bit younger than, me, younger than me. And what happens really is that the the caller comes and they pretend to be from the bank. They start, they initiate a conversation by mentioning your name, first of all, and inquiring about recent transactions. Now, this is where, I suppose, the, the customer may get caught. They say, you know, do you have a card starting with 4319? And to be completely honest with you, I wouldn't realise it myself yesterday, but most Visa debit cards start with 4319. Really? So you take out your card and you'd look at it and you'd see 4319 and this is where they catch you. Um, they'd say then, you know, you purchased a laptop on Amazon last night to the value of €1,250. Euro. And there's another transaction coming in here, actually, from Bangladesh, let's say, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, at, this, at this time, then, the person that gets the call becomes panicked. And the caller says, can you please call out your full bank card, please, so we can stop the next transaction. Now, a good friend of mine said to me, this is where he just decked it, and he just said, who is it, or who are you? What bank are you calling from? And immediately, the person hung up. Um, uh. And I suppose, in situations like this, it's it's advised really to hang up and contact your own bank. You know, you should always say no to unsolicited unsolicited calls, texts, seeking private information about you, and never give your name, address, date of birth, family details, bank account, or PIN. And if in doubt, it's really best to hang up immediately. Call into your own bank if you're not too far away from it or ring your own bank. But the two people that call me now are actually quite young. So I can imagine if this um, call came to somebody older or somebody, you know, that would be worried about situations like this. Um, But as I said to you, they really kind of nip you where they say, you know, does your card start with 4319? Yeah. And I I checked two of my cards last night and a lot of cards start with 4319. 
And I get, you know, if you get this call, just to be aware of it. Um, if they do get your full details in, your your you know your your full card number, expiry date, and all that, and the the code at the back, you know, they really have access to everything. Then after that, but I think it's amazing how they have the person's name, and uh, there's so much I suppose stuff being bought online at the moment and. Details about people being shared online that it's quite easy to get someone's name and phone number, etc., you know. All right, so the key message then would be be very careful when you're out there. Just be extremely careful. Uh, and if somebody, if somebody rings, yes. you just hang up and call the bank back yourself. Call the bank back yourself. And really, to be completely honest with you, it's happening so much now, it's as well off to just hang up straight away and contact the bank. Don't give your details. Don't give any information, you know, no PIN, no bank account details, no name, no address, just hang up completely. And, um, you know, I suppose I just wanted to make the people of County Galway aware of this because, you know, it's happened twice close to me and obviously they're fishing around the county for details of people's accounts and I wouldn't like anyone to get hit coming up to the weekend. All right, listen, thanks Eddie for joining us uh, today on the programme. Uh, again, just be aware and uh, take on board what Councillor Reddington has said uh, this morning. Just take it nice and handy, hang up on them, and then ring the bank yourself. This a 24-hour number there from most uh, institutions on the back of whatever card that you may have. Uh, Andrew, thank you Eddie for joining us uh, today on the programme. Quick commercial break, we're looking at the RTE situation next. <laughs> Oh, very good morning to you. Welcome in to today's programme. We want you to put a date in your calendar now, which is March the 20th, um, because a very special event is taking place. It's an evening of celebration of the work of Rita Ann Higgins. Now, Rita Ann Higgins joined me a couple of weeks ago for Galway Greats, and she sits opposite me again this morning. Good morning. Morning, Keith. You're looking wonderful today. Where are you after for the day? Now, you didn't get dressed up for a radio interview like this today. Look, sure. You're, this, you're as important to me as the late, late Joe Keith. <laughs> be, sure, be aware of that. Listen, congratulations. Okay. Now, we spoke about this during Golden Greats, but it's just around the corner now. It's just a few weeks. It's the 20th of March. It's so near. I can't it's, believe it. It's going it. to be a wonderful night, so it is. I hope so. I'm really looking. It's I'm nervous, but I'm really looking forward to What are you it. most nervous of? People saying nice things about you? Yeah. How did you know that? Oh, my God. It's happened to me recently. Oh, my God. I'm that's exactly what I'm... That's exactly it. You know, it's very hard. I've just written an essay, actually, about learning to take praise. Is it a Galway thing that you don't like to take praise and you're nervous of getting the praise and then when I you get it and you listen to it back, you yeah, think it's lovely? it's very nice, but it's just, like, it's... The, I think it's... Li- it could possibly be linked to religion in earlier life. I don't mm. know. You know, the design was that you love God, but you don't necessarily focus that love on yourself, you know? Yeah. But, but I think I, I, you know, it's difficult. It's but it's, it's going to be a wonderful evening of I, of fun, of poetry, yeah, of words. And, and I mean, the people that are coming to read are just, they're so kind. Mary O'Malley, Eva Burke, Colette Nicky, um just so many, so many readers and Vincent Woods is doing the interview with me. So I'm really humbled that they, why would, why me and why would they bother? Why not you? Because you're so talented. I'm and do you know what? Rather than when we die, isn't it nice for people to say nice things about us more alive? It is, it is really nice. It's learning to accept that praise and, you know, to be able to take it because we, we get enough of criticism in our lives we do. So it's very nice that yeah. the whole thing is a celebration. And you know, it was if Fergal McGrath wanted to do it years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, himself and Tracy are concocting this now. So himself and Tracy Ferguson, they're putting it all together. So they're, 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 the, they're putting the structures together. Yeah. 
Was and it? Elaine Feeney and Sarah Clancy will be reading as well. I'm just the names are just coming into my head now because you know how you can't think on the spot. Oh, will Christy read a poem? He would you go away out of that? Has what? he even heard one? Don't mind read one. No, he'll be there. He has to read one. He no, he won't be reading one. He'll be there, and my grandsons will be there, and Heather and Jennifer will be there. But he's waiting on a knee surgery. So if he gets the call for the knee surgery. That time he'll have to take it because he's waiting for for a long time. But he'll be there. But uh, no, he he he's he's worse than me now for the for the shyness. It, it, you know? Really? Oh God, he's yeah. the world's worst. But you know, it was lovely during because uh, the, the God of Grace that we did. It was lovely to see the relationship that the two of you still have. That you look out for each other, and that oh. kind of that's, that's stuck with me. And it's a lovely, um, it's a lovely thing to have. Yeah, we mind each other. We're yeah. two, we're two old fogies. Can we get on to Dr. Fergus Byrne there and see, will he do Christie's knee over the weekend, please, if you don't mind? We need him on the 20th of March to be able to walk onto the stage and hand you something. Oh, God, what can he hand me now after 50 years, Keith? A bunch of flowers. Oh, go away out of that. <laughs> no, it'd be just nice to see people there and so, to accept with gratitude all the, you know, the kindness. And you know, when it's about you, you might know, but is there going to be, um, are there a few tickets left? Well, hopefully... I, Fergal said the tickets were were selling well, I, which has stunned me. So there will be, hopefully, there'll be tickets between now and the 20th. But I can't believe that people would even be buying tickets this early. So it's it's great that they are. He said the sales were brisk, is the brisk. word. Whatever brisk means so in terms it, of theatre. So if you want to join us on that night, the uh, 20th of March... I'm going to be at the back heckling, so I will. Oh, my God. I'll, I'll, I'll recognise that whole nerve <laughs> You'll recognise the white head, so you will. And you say, Finnegan, shut up at the back up there. Uh, so if they want to get tickets on it, they can do so. 569777. I'm looking at those. So there's um, yourself, Michael Gorman. Michael Gorman. Mickey was there at the start. Like, kind of the people that were there when I started off. Another talented person. Oh, yeah. And brilliant. a shy person. And a very shy person. Sure, all of those poets yeah. are very shy. Mary O'Malley is Mary O'Malley is it's there from the start as well. Yeah. And a great, you know, they're all the people I admire. They're all the people whose work I've read and admired for years. Sarah Clancy is and there. Sarah, said, love yeah. Sarah, love Elaine. And will you be reading some of your own poetry on the night? Well, I think that they'll be, the, the guests will be reading my poems. Now, unless Vincent says to me, Will you read a poem? Now, I know that Joan McBreen can't be there and she's asked, could somebody read one of my poems on her behalf? Mm. So I could end up reading Joan's choice. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't fully know how. I know that people are going to come on and read my poems and then Vincent's going to interview me. I hope they're going to video it now. They, I think I think Fergal said it's going to be videoed and mm. recorded. I think it should be. I think to make a lovely documentary, so do it. Yeah, geez, you're all, you're on fire today, Keith, with all <laughs> the creativity. <laughs> you should be writing poetry. I should be. I might, you know, I might take up poetry. Yeah, I could give you private intuition at a knockdown price. At a knockdown price. A cup of tea, you'd be the, it'd be the, <laughs> the barter of it. Oh, you're you. cheap. You're yeah. cheap, but you're not free. <laughs> uh, so again, the night is going to be March the 20th. And again, it's an evening of celebration indeed of the work of Rita Ann Higgins, the talented Rita Ann Higgins that sits opposite me this morning. And again, if you want to get tickets for it on 0915696777 or THT. Uh, .ie as well um, it's going to be a lovely night I hope so yeah and Vincent, Vincent Wood is a, lo- Vincent oh, he's is a lovely person yeah and he's a fine poet himself and a, and a and playwright and yeah. a dramatist you know and a um, um, a radio producer himself yeah. you know 
a very good a guy. Bro- a great broadcaster. I like his voice very much. I yeah. love his radio programme. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Rihanna, thank you for dropping in to me Thanks today. Where are you again. off to now from here? Uh, where am I off to? I'm going back up to my box room because I have a load of work to do this morning. Christy! <laughs> Christy, you have to come down and collect her and bring her somewhere. Bring her for breakfast, for God's sake. I have my own car, thanks. You're, 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 you're dressed like royalty today. Well, I see, I was coming on the Keith Finnegan show, and you, you have to show respect to, so the, to the talent, and the talent in the room is sitting opposite me. Well, the talent in the room is definitely sitting opposite me, so it is, Rita, lovely to have you. That's and uh, I look forward to being with you on the night of the 20th as well. It's going to be a night of fun, but again, five six nine seven seven seven, and you deserve every single, single bit of it. And I mean Thanks a million. From the bottom Thanks of my very heart. much. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Rita Higgins joining us in studio there now. Let me just move on today because what I want to do is I want to go and look at the, the whole RTE situation and what unfolded overnight as well uh, for us uh, today. And I want to go to uh, Kieran Malouli who joins me on the line. Kieran, as we know, is a former regional correspondent with RTE and he joins me uh, on the line today. Kieran, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Keith, and good morning to your listeners. Thanks for joining us uh, today. You've issued a very strong statement, I have to say, in relation to what's going on in RTE and indeed the resignation of uh, Shuni Raleigh. Yeah, I mean, I suppose like a lot of your your listeners, Keith, I, I sat back and watched primetime last night on television and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing from the Arts Minister, Catherine Martin, with regard to the latest uh, problems at RTE. I mean... You know, the minister effectively did a did an open book for us. She told us she had asked the chairperson of RTE twice, if not once, but twice about it, about how much the board or the committee of directors knew about payments and payoffs in the last couple of days, and she got the wrong answer. She was given inaccurate information. Now, I knew, and I think you knew, or most of your listeners knew last night, that that was going to lead to this morning's resignation. It was inevitable mm-hmm. that Shuni Rahley would would go. Um, most unfortunate for her, but the facts are that RTE is in an absolute crisis. It's it's in an absolute mess. And if the minister hasn't got confidence in the chairperson, uh, I'm afraid we're, we're going to go, for, go going to into further difficulties. The licensed payers at this stage, I think, have lost confidence in the organisation too and in the chairperson and indeed in the board. Uh, because, you know, we, we, we're hearing now that the board members did were made aware of some of the payoffs. Uh, two, two or three days ago, we were told they hadn't got a role in the situation. I mean, I don't know about you, Kate, but I mean, I think most people in the public want normal governance to apply in RT. If you're in a tidy towns committee or a resident association in Galway, there's normally a treasurer and about two other people who have to sign off with the treasurer yeah, and a yeah, bank yeah, check yeah. is signed. No, I, I, I get that. Basics. I, I get that, Kieran, and I, I, I get it because of my, my background as well. I, I, I get everything about it. But to me, what has happened is that it's just unruly currently. Kevin Backhurst is doing his best to try and get it back on track. I think Shun was doing a very good job. Uh, she did come up with a statement and says she had briefed the officials, and um, but she hadn't briefed the minister, and she came out clean with that today. And we do forget from time to time, but she stepped down at this stage. So somebody else is going to have to go into that role, and I don't know who will take that role. But I think the problem is, if we look at the facts as they stand, uh, she was saying she was aware of, of the remuneration for the CFO Richard Collins. There's still the up the issue of Rory Coveney's situation. That still was not brought to the attention of the board or the directors. And to me, that's still a huge issue. You must have governance in an organisation, yeah, especially after what they've gone through, Keith. Remember, the biggest controversy in the history of the organisation, they knew there were problems with regard to Ryan Tuberty's arrangements and the, fa- the lack of transparency, the board not knowing. We still know this morning that Rory Coveney's uh, payoff wasn't brought to the attention of the board, wasn't signed off by the by the by the chairperson. She says she's admitted, admitted that, 
And that's that's a huge issue for me mm. and I think for the general public. I'll bring you back to the situation again, Keith. You cannot have a manager or a chief executive in a company making decisions of this importance without the board of directors or the chairperson knowing. You know that in Galway Bay. You know that in your tidy towns, Cook for your parents' association. Absolutely. The, no, the no. treasurer or the chairperson cannot go off and do things. They might, if it's a big decision with big funding involved, and look at some of the money involved in this. Look mm. at the, pay, the size of the payoffs, over 200 thousand euro and four hundred and fifty thousand euro previously to, to Shuni Garl's or to Shuni Raleigh's time. Um, these are huge decisions and at the end of the day we have to rely on the chairperson and the board of directors in a company to get on top of it. And it seems to me they haven't done it in RTE. The danger now is will Kevin Backhurst stay uh, in the job? Will will he stay with this and if not, this is going to unravel even more. He hasn't had a good week. I think by his own uh, admission, he made comments with regard uh, to, to Rory Coveney's departure and the payments that were made to him. And he's, ha- he's had to clarify those in the last few days. But I still think he has d- done some good work already in terms of a strategy for the future of the company. Mm-hmm. He, he, w- he did come in and he did say he would change the management of the company. And he did so. And it was never going to be cl- clean or easy to do that. But he has done so. He's re- he's re- uh, reignited new energy into the management, brought in new talent in there. So I think at this point in time, most people will, will just be uh, saying to him, listen, get on with it. Get the organisation back on an even keel. Move forward and make the changes that are necessary. Get the programme makers back out again. Let's have RTE making proper news, current affairs and sports again, uh, coverage again. Let's get back to the basics here. Let's get away from this entertainment business and the late, late show fees and all this. I think most people who pay their license are disgusted by all of this. I think the, the day when anybody is prepared to pay for Patrick Keelty's salary or anybody's salary uh, of, uh, of, of, of over 200, 300, 400,000 is gone. I think most people are disgusted by those, by those figures. That, that's why they're, they're, the license fee has gone down by 10 million euros in yeah. the last number of years. RT should return to the basics, in my opinion, Keith. I think they need to, to, to restore confidence by being transparent, being open and having a board of directors that's on top of the situation. Not people who are sitting back and waiting for the next controversy, the next story to come out. They're still waiting this morning for something else to come out. You know, you can tell by some of the statements from RT this morning that, we're, that we haven't still heard it all. And this is disastrous for not just the, the, the company, but for the staff. I, I have great sympathy for the staff. Remember, three to 400 people are going to lose their jobs voluntarily or otherwise in the next 12 months in RT. And they are crying out for transparency and for a management and a board to, to step forward. So I have great sympathy for Shuan Nirali in terms of what she was trying to do. But she was asked twice by the minister in the last three days. She didn't answer the, the, with the accurate information. She may have forgotten okay. it. She may have uh, had a problem re- recollecting it. But I'm afraid at this point in the game, RT can no longer, RT can no longer wait. Uh, and RT staff need, needs some sort of uh, solidity and some sort of um, support going forward. And they have to change. Would you go into the board if you were in, if you were invited as a, as a past employee? Well, well, listen, I certainly would. I mean, I, I, I mean, I worked in the organisation for over twenty five years, and that's one of the reasons people ask me why am I back commenting on it. I'm furious about what has happened because I know the cutbacks we had okay. to go through in the board. I know the status, the, the, the personal um, cuts that happened. I know, you know, I, I worked without an RTE camera person for over seven or eight years because we didn't have the money in RTE. We didn't have. We were told the company was broke, but, Keith. But you, and that's you, why I'm annoyed, you, and yeah, I'm still annoyed. I, I, can, I can sense it. I can sense it in your voice. So you would consider, if you were invited, you would consider. Would you consider going into politics, perhaps, and uh, to to look at this? I'm I'm, I'm amused in the last few days. My name has been linked linked again with politics. I said in the past I had no interest in, in party politics. It's as, as we speak, it's still my opinion. But but RTE's board is a different situation. Mm. RTE's board needs good, strong. 
uh, governance on it. It needs a good quality people in accountancy, in communications, in legal areas. But they need to speak up at the board meetings. They need to, to say, I mean, they, if I was on the board last July or August, I would have wanted to know, where is this CFO payment that's coming forward for Richard Collins? The, 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 the one he's leaving. When, when is it coming before us? But see, that's I would have, I would, and and I, I prepared. If I was asked to go on the board, I would go on the board. But I'd be asking that question. I, I don't want to know that the chairperson, or sorry, the chief executive knows about it, or the chairperson knows about it, it's being signed off. If your name is on the board, you should stand up and say, I want to be made aware of this situation. I want to have my say. I want to ask the appropriate questions. And I need to ask this question. Well, how much was the man entitled to? Uh, did it have to be a private arrangement? Did it have okay. to be a confidential agreement? Maybe there was something in his contract that he was, he was owed compensation. And that's fine if there was. If it was legally never going to stand up in the court, they should have told us that last August and July. Not have it dragged out of them in, in, in the following February, Keith. That's the problem here. Everything is being dragged out of them. And for Kevin Backer's going forward, I do hope he, he's, he's learned the lesson from this, that he should really come forward as much as possible, make the information available to the public, because otherwise... Uh, licensed payers will never okay. get confidence restored in RTE, and that's a big problem. As you know, we need a strong RTE in terms of television, particularly television going forward. We need a strong investigative side to RTE, and it's not in a good place in the moment. I take no satisfaction in saying these things this morning, okay. but I'm annoyed that people have, have let it go to this point. And I think Man Minister Martin would do well at this point to not only appoint a new chairperson, but to appoint a very strong independent board of directors to RTE today. Kieran Maluli, strong words. Thank you indeed for joining us uh, today on the programme. Do you agree, disagree or otherwise? 86 if you want to get in contact with us and do so straight away, please. That number again is 86 if you want to get in contact with us, we would like to hear from you and uh, get your comments into us. Now, I want to move on to another subject altogether uh, today, so I do. And I'm looking at um, Ashley O'Connor, Senior Scientific Officer indeed with Clean Air Together. That's just a bit of paper, by the way, wherever it's scratched off something. Uh, and this is all part of the EPA and Ashling joins you on the line. Ashling, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the programme. Thank you. Thank you. Great to talk to you. You too. Talk to you about the Clean Air Project. You're looking at Galway City. Um, how is Galway City doing, can I ask you, Ashling? It's doing really well. Um, so the Clean Air Together campaign is um, a citizen science project that the EPA have been running um, for the last number of years where people are voluntarily signing up to measure the levels of a particular air pollutant called nitrogen dioxide in the local area. So this is a traffic related air pollutant um, and we know it can impact on our health. So it tends to be in our cities and our urban areas because mm -hmm. that's where higher density and levels of vehicles tend to be. Um, so what the Clean Air Together project aimed to do is to generate public awareness awareness of this issue, create a better understanding of NO2 pollution, um, but also it provided us with a really detailed snapshot of this pollutant across Galway City okay. um, as we've completed across Dublin and Cork. So, so 300 citizen scientists had participated and we found that 71% of the locations monitored in Galway were actually in the lowest NO2 category, which is really good and is actually the best we've seen across the three cities yet. But that's kind of funny because we have so much traffic in this flipping city at this stage. I'm surprised it wasn't double what it was in, in, in other cities. Yeah, no, no, this is what the results are showing us. I mean, the thing with it is, it, there, yes, there's heavy volumes of traffic in our urban centres, but the thing with nitrogen dioxide is it's a harmful air pollutant, but it's short-lived, it dissipates very quickly. Um, 
the people who have been monitoring under the Cleaner Together campaign, what they did was they put a small little tube outside their window um, for about a four week period to measure NO2 levels. Now, we know that the further away you are from the source of the NO2, so from the exhaust of a, of a car, the less exposed you're going to be. So there is that protective bit there to it that the further you are away um, from the curbside, the more protected you are. Um, so maybe some of you know the tubes that were put up. Maybe some people may have had a garden, um, you know, in front of their home or something like that. It's, yeah, um, but it's, it's scientific. Ev- it's scientific evidence, though, is what you've gathered, Ashling. So whether yeah. it's in the house, on the road, excuse me, or wherever. I mean, it could be on the side of the road as well. Um, it, it's yeah. it's good that the levels are that low, but I'm kind of surprised, yeah. really. <clears throat> Well, no, I mean, and it, it is, there's a lot of factors at play. I mean, I suppose it depends on the weather conditions as well at that yeah, time. Yeah. I mean, you know, Galway is a particularly, it's, it's a windy city. Um, you know, so, I mean, you have that benefit, I suppose, to that, that generally you have pretty good airflow, um, maybe along some of your streets. Like, I mean, you would see, you, we did see in some of the city centre locations, so around, say, Merchants Road, Air Square, Eglinton Street, things like that, they were a little bit higher up um, there in the 20 to 30 category so the lowest category is 0 to 10 um, and the reason for that is some of the urban centres you're talking about you have loads of traffic junctions so you have loads yeah. of traffic lights you have cars yeah. stopped they're idling there at those that's generating NO2 yeah. you also have in certain streets they're kind of pretty high rise on either side so you have buildings either side that it's creating what's called a street canyon so the airflow is not ideal there mm-hmm. um, and it's not able to dissipate as quickly as it can. So we did see, as we approached into the city centre, what you did start to see was some slightly higher results. But around the suburban areas, um, you saw the lowest level, so 71% um, were in that lowest category. Some, you know, as we approached the city centre, you went a category up and around some of yeah. the major roads like Bohorna Drive, you start to see higher levels. I could, and I'd say Headford Road, I'd say Newcastle Road as well. Yes, yeah. I mean, you can really pick them. Heavily trafficked. Yeah, heavily trafficked. And you could take the the shop street, it would be totally clear altogether. Um, Unless you're... Yeah, yeah. Unless you're testing for cannabis. But anyway, we won't go there. So fine whiff was there, so there was yesterday. Um, And again, you'd have the likes of Father Griffin Road. So we we can tell where they are. And that... um, Yes. So if we can take traffic out of the city centre, we're going to have a cleaner city centre. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a traffic-related pollutant. So this yep. is, if less traffic you have, the less of this pollutant you will have. Mm. Um, that's that's that that's what it comes down to. I mean, there there are, you know, obviously, other, plenty of other air pollutants that people probably know about and are concerned about. But in this particular instance for Clean Air Together campaign, this is traffic-related and it's down to the number of vehicles, I suppose, that are on our roads and that's what it's detecting. So if you remove those, you're going to remove the NO2. Where can they get further details? Um, is it the EPA website you'd put them towards? Yes. So we have the Cleaner Together website is now uh, live as of yesterday evening. And what we have generated is all the results, the 300 results that we've got. They're all in a map and you can zoom in, you can zoom out. So anyone even who hasn't participated um, as a citizen scientist in this can go on and look at their local area, zoom in, zoom out, see what the air quality was like in their local area. And I would really encourage people to do that because it's really important to know and be aware of this. Um, so that's the cleanairtogether.ie website. But we also have an airquality.ie website and that will provide you with some really lovely real-time data on air quality in certain areas of the city. So around Air Square and Briar Hill, we have real-time monitoring up there. And you'll see there that that's monitoring all the time. And it'll again give you a good indication of the air quality in your area. 
Ashling, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. And that's what I'll be doing for the afternoon. So it is. Uh, so if I go to clean very much, together John. and uh, Ashling O'Connor, thank you for joining us uh, there. Keith, only for the Ryan Trouble fiasco, we would never know how in dire, how in dire straits RTE actually was. It's an absolute shambles, this caller said. Another caller said, Keith, I like listening to Karen Maloudi. I'm glad I paid my TV license. The whole saga is now just very entertaining, uh, this caller said. Uh, another caller said, Keith, a new broom uh, sweeps clean. Um, Mr. Backers has to go also. And uh, the people want honesty. I don't think he should go, to be honest, but there you go. Another caller said, the complete board of RTE should be dismissed. And then you make derogatory statements of them. Keith, um, great interview uh, with Rita Higgins. Well done, Mr. Finnegan. Oh, Mr. Finnegan, what have I got to do with myself? And uh, another caller said, morning, Keith. Um, uh, would you be so kind to open a discussion with GP charges for bloods? My GP charge is €40. Euro. Some of my friends are paying €20. Euro. And those over 70 who have a GP card, uh, most doctors charge for bloods. Uh, but one of my friends, uh, GPs, only charges €20. Euro. It would be great if it was the same for everyone. Great if it could be investigated. Thank you, Keith. And that comes from Maria today on the programme. <laughs> Yeah, very good morning. You welcome into today's uh, program. Just looking at the comment lines coming into us today, guys. There, it's um, or it's just dominated by RTE. I have to say. Anyway, let me move on, and I'm going away from RTE just for for a few minutes. So, yeah, many. Uh, first, the very first publicly funded augmentative and alternative communication ACC program in Ireland is to a non-speaking youth, and. Um, I'm joined on the line indeed uh, by Minister Anne Rabbit uh, because as I am is receiving €1 million Euro project funding from the Department of Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth and he should be joining me on the phone now as well and he joins me on this line and uh, Adam, good morning to you. Thanks indeed for joining us uh, today on the programme. Um, what will this €1 million Euro do for you, can I ask you, just in relation to moving forward? Adam, can you hear me okay there? Good morning, John. Thanks. It's Keith here. Thanks, Adam, uh, for joining us uh, today. Th- this €1 million Euro that's been announced later on, and Minister Anne Rabbit will join us in a second now as well, what will this be used for, can I ask you? Well, this is a really significant investment uh, that Anne Rabbit has supported our organisation to secure. And it is the first publicly funded augmentative and alternative communication programme in Ireland. You know, communication is really at the core of equality and participation. It affects so much in terms of people's abilities to express will and preference, in terms of people's abilities to participate in school, to make friends, to secure employment. Yet up to now, non-speaking autistic people have faced significant barriers in accessing communication systems that meet their needs and preferences. And this €1 million Euro investment will enable us over the next 12 months to provide 550 uh, AAC devices, high-tech solutions uh, that will enable autistic people to find a communication system that works for them. This program will provide devices both to people who already have access to speech and language therapy and also those who don't currently have a speech and language therapist. So it's a very significant investment that we're delighted to be uh, launching with Minister Abbott this morning. I'm going to see, can I get you onto a better line there, Adam? So I am, uh, but Minister Abbott joins me in the meantime on this one. Minister Abbott, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith, and good morning, all. A busy morning in Galway for you today, so it is uh, right across the uh, constituency. This is good news, and uh, why did you decide to go with this project with As I Am? 
Um, first and foremost, as I am, are a phenomenal organisation. And as you can hear from talking to Adam there, the understanding and the need for um, is, is very, very clear. And I suppose, Keith, as a person who values m my voice, I think everybody should have the right to be able to articulate their voice. And if they are non-speaking, they should still have the device, the assistive technology to ensure that their, their voice is heard. And that voice has to be in education, it has to be in higher education, it has to be employment, but also in the social circles. So it's actually trying to mainstream first by, by putting in this uh, funding. Um, and to be honest with you, Adam and his team have been phenomenal in the support of it. Yeah. To be fair to Bernard O'Regan and the HSE, they were phenomenal as well in actually helping me unlock along with the department. Never done before, Keith. You, you can get access to devices in education or, or through health. But this time we're doing it through As I Am. We're actually, Adam will be investing in more devices than will be procured through either the HSE or the Department of Education put together. But do you know what's quite enlightening uh, on this one, Minister Rabbit, is um, 500 um, units are going to be bought so 500 people will benefit for a million euro plus whatever else Adam has had to find to, to fund this. But isn't that absolutely fantastic? It is, Keith, and I think that that's the difference about moving from the Department of Health to the Department of Equality. It, it, it's a right-based approach. Everybody has the right to have their voices heard. Yeah. Uh, and that is a right we should recognise and support. Uh, and moving it away from maybe the, 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 the various departments and putting it into a more public way of, of delivering it is a new way of doing business as well. And I'm delighted to be part of that piece of change. Adam, how quickly can you get these units on the ground and to make that difference that I'm talking about? So I think what's really important is obviously we're announcing this initiative today and we've recently got the green light to now proceed to recruitment. We need to recruit a number of therapists to work on this programme and we also obviously need to go to a, to a public procurement process because as the Minister has outlined, this is a record number of devices being purchased. So we will be doing that as fast as we can and we'll be able to communicate with families in the next number of months when the programme is available, I suppose, and untapped for families to access. Obviously, between now and then, families can continue to access the suite of supports we provide through the Autism Information Line, which is another initiative that Minister Rabbit has supported us in getting off the ground, and also through our Child and Family Support Programme. So what I would encourage people who are interested in this programme, who think they can benefit, is to go to asiam.ie to get in touch with us and to express your interest. I think the important thing to say uh, is that because I suppose we're doing this through the voluntary sector as opposed to the HSE, we believe we'll be able to move at a much swifter pace in getting these families that really need them. And, and again, how soon after getting the device, Adam, will will the, the family members start to feel better and, and benefit from this? Well, I think this is a really important thing to say about AAC, and I think the technology is only part of the solution in that regard. There is no one-size-fits-all in terms of a person's communication or how a person yeah. develops their communication preferences or systems. What I think is important is today to lots of families, as we know, who maybe are waiting to access speech and language therapists, have really been unable to access AAC because they haven't been able to access the support to learn how to use that technology. This isn't just about a, a young person or a child learning to use the device. It's actually also about all those of the person's life going on this journey as well, whether that's teachers and educational professionals or other people in the family. But I suppose what our commitment is, is to work with people to go on a journey that meets that person's needs, because nobody's uh, road, I suppose, on this journey is going to be the same. 
Well, Adam, safe travelling to you, and um, I don't know what time you got to. What time is that taking place, uh, Minister Abbott, in um, Athenry? It's on at 11.30 in the Raheen Woods, and I think what Adam is also after demonstrating there is the wraparound service that, as I am, is able to provide, not just to the individual, but also to the family as well. And that's my confidence in them. It's a phenomenal organisation, as I am, and we're privileged that I'm able to take something out of Dublin today to come to visit us in Galway Heath, so it's a great day for us. And completely this announcement. There's half a Fianna Fáil in Galway because um, we have Barry Cowan coming on shortly. Uh, Thomas Byrne, I think, is in town as well. And uh, I do know that Dara Caleri is in town for Platform 94 and a half. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's, the, the Cabinet seems to have come to Galway this, uh, today. Well, isn't it great to take it out of Dublin and Cork for a change, Keith, is all I will say to you. I would say you're safer out of Dublin today and as far away from Donnybrook as you could be, to be quite honest. <laughs> uh, Minister Anne Rabbit, thank you for joining us uh, today so much, on the uh, programme. Lots of calls coming in about um, Rita Ann Higgins, I have to say. Uh, somebody else has just started sending in. Semi-state bodies are all the same, Keith. The fat cats get the big payouts and the little people down the line take the pittance that's left over. It's the lower-paid workers that will suffer in RTE. RTE is a holy disgrace, and Catherine Martin should walk too. She should know what's going on if she's any kind of a minister. They have their own autonomy. The government don't get involved in it. They don't get involved in editorial. They fund it, and I think at this stage now, the um, pieces have to be picked up, genuinely. And Keith, I'm not sure, Keith, I'm sure that Shun Nirahala is not leaving empty-handed like the rest of them. I don't know, did she get a stipend to be a um, chairperson? And uh, other calls come in there too um, in relation to RTE. Keith, I agree with you. Uh, we do need RTE, but we need public service broadcasting. This needs to be looked at in the round, this caller said, uh, rather than just focusing on one aspect of life. And on Discord uh, today, uh, Keith, they're talking about putting traffic lights at the Brown Roundabout. The last thing we need is more flipping traffic lights. And another caller said, Keith, have the fraud squad been called into RTE? They don't need to be. This was approved. It's an internal situation. And this has been approved down through the years. Um, So just, there's no need for um, fraud squad at all. This is an internal company issue, so it is. Uh, but now that it's in the public domain, it's uh, exercising people uh, from there. And other comments coming into us too. Keith, in relation to uh, road conditions today, will you tell people to slow down when there's a hailstorm as uh, it's extremely dangerous um, driving conditions? I'm listening to in Connemara today. Why did I say it like that? I'm listening to you in Connemara today and I'm just uh, after uh, experiencing a rather large hail shower and unfortunately it's... Um, affecting driving conditions. Okay. Uh, other calls coming into us uh, to today. I just want to clear this one here. Uh, Keith, this uh, caller said, it's called to hell or to Connacht, this caller said. The bad weather we have in Connacht is obviously keeping us clean from all of the um, O2 emissions that that lady was talking about. Uh, I'm going to read the report and I'll report back to you. Okay. You don't say who you are though. So just if you're reporting back to me, I'll have looked at it myself this evening as well or tonight. Uh, I'd be interested uh, in seeing where the hotspots are. Uh, OK, let's head towards the 11, uh, 10 o'clock news indeed uh, this morning. Yet to come on the programme, we have indeed a Fianna Fáil person who's put their name into the hat, an existing TD, who has put his name into the hat and has been selected by Fianna Fáil indeed to go in the forthcoming European election. That and much more, including the City Tribune headlines next.